Don't be a stupid bitch. Yes, y'all, uh, that's right. Take a big bite of your Mindy's muffin. Put down all of your drugs, infidels, because the weekend of partying's over. You've fed your face enough. You've taken enough Pepsi plunges. And now it's time to bring the heat back to the streets of Chicago from Hameen Media Group, R to the B to the V, Hacker Hameen. It's time for the Monday Locker Room, channelattitude.com. YOLO! <laughs> Oh, man, like Mussolini. Oh, <laughs> we're back, infidels, here on Monday uh, with the big news to kick off the week. I know people are like, where's Friday, man? I did Cafe de Renee with Jason Sensation, you guys, and uh, I just been going so hard in the paint. So uh, zero extra hours, but we're going to – there wasn't much going down Friday anyway to, to cover going into Survivor Series. Plus, we have all our – Great hosts on uh, John Enright, DJ Mass Effects, The Vet, jo- Dr. Jeff Lippman, uh, Chris Ams doing all the collision, Rampage, and SmackDown. <laughs> Those poor suckers had to watch AEW <laughs> on Saturday. And and as always, I'm, I'm glad to have him back in the studio with who you know. It's my man, Richard Bronson Vickery, uh, Death Wish 19. What's going on, pal? Uh, I mean, hey, just like over at Horseshoe Genetics, there is a buzz in the air. Uh, finally, you know, hey, to, to wake up each and every Monday to have these conversations with you, absolutely uh, unbelievable. But for the first time in a long time, uh, truly yeah. a great buzz around the world of professional wrestling and, and kind of overflowing outside of the bubble, picking up some mainstream media as well. Uh, a long, as I said, it's been a long time since we woke up on a Monday and you, you see so many people looking forward to getting ready to tune into a Monday night raw to see the fallout from survivor series. Yeah, man. I mean, as it's, as it's written, controversy creates cash. And, uh, you know, when we're in a, in a war, a cold war, hot war, and you can make these big moves of an edge going over there and leaving and then punk coming back here and, even uh, whether it worked or not, and I'm sure we'll get into it, some of the on-camera responses. But, uh, uh, you know, here we go once again. Uh, <laughs> what kind of person to say a toad so? But you know what? A toad so. A fucking a toad so. So you can go back and listen to uh, all the big who uh, self-proclaimed uh, credible dirt sheet writers who don't know fuck all, who've never been in this business, who even have stooges inside the locker rooms who are kept in the dark. I'm in the dark here. And uh, you can go back and listen to HMG for the last, whatever, six, 10 weeks since the Wembley fallout of, will he be there? Uh, and, you know, everyone's like, no, I don't have my sources. I'll say no. And here we are, the alleged consultants saying, it's the creative team within the creative team. It's the riddle wrapped inside an enigma. <laughs> it's it's the power core four of Vince, Nikon, Triple H, and Deuce. And there's a reason why we parody them and why 
they can't even trust their own people because of the leaks and the way things get done. And I think, I don't think that's a wrong thing to do, especially when you're, when you're in the war room with the generals and uh, you've got to plot something that's a very covert op because all eyes are on it. And how are you going to pull it off? People want to get worked in this business. That's why they, <laughs> that's why we're into it to try and, uh, you know, feel that feeling of, Oh, and uh, you never want to let the moment, pass by that's what we're in this business for is to really make moments and even if it's at a controversial cost you weigh it but the moment will almost always uh, outweigh logic <laughs> of what 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 could possibly be a wrong move here uh in long term when looked back upon but we're all addicts for that moment and to let it go by and not have it pass would have been, a, I think, a huge mistake in wrestling, and they didn't. They pulled it off uh, perfectly, and um, now we'll see when the dust settles um, what happens with uh, locker room morale or the same types of behavior. But um, I'm glad they jumped on the bus here and really uh, and, and rode it home with uh, bringing them out in Chicago. And everyone's like, "Oh, look at the dirt sheet writers! How stupid they are!" Well, I'm not a dirt sheet writer. I'm in the fucking biz briz and i've dealt with these with the core four trying to work around them allegedly before work with them unfortunately uh it's met with um uh lackluster efforts a, a lot of time but uh I, I really like the fallout of this because we've got mm, all eyes on the podcasts of whose opinion and what they all think whether it's Renee or K100 or Cornette or Russo or Stevie uh, with a great video right out of the gate at Stevie Richards Wrestling Analysis Channel uh, doing big numbers. So everyone was kind of who's going to be first to market with their opinions. And I just sit back in the cut because I was putting a roof on all weekend. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I knew you were busy somewhere. You were chiming in in the chat. And, you know, I, yeah. I'm with the other producers and they're like, it's Saturday night. I'm like, damn, I want it to be Monday morning. I, I'm ready to go right now. My excitement yeah. level was at like at 150. Uh, I, I was going 150 miles per hour, ready to go. Now, Ben, there's something you see there is because your roots are open there. I, man, I want to spin it off in so many directions. Got so much Sorry. to cover with it. But got to got to got to jump in. Shout out to Kaz for my new uh, <laughs> Becky Lynch lemon shirt. Owen uh, sixty on Jeopardy. Uh, strong style stuff. So. Good uh, WWE shop clearance rib there from Kaz. Very nice, very nice. Kaz always uh, <laughs> keeping it up to good work, man. Always and High Peaks for the cool trucker hat. Our partners in the cannabis High Peaks, generic as fuck gummies, and and also High Peaks gummies, vapes, and flour. Hey, one of my favorite things here is watching these the sheets have to backpedal and try to cover their asses about how wrong even yeah. which you just said you know you know that you're not a sheet writer i mean we have the podcast we talk about the news <laughs> i don't know they had me they had my fucking quotes on sports skeeta this week and i didn't get paid for it so and they spelled the hameen wrong <laughs> so uh, maybe that's just so they don't have to maybe, try maybe that's gonna say they don't have to pay you you know dr chris what's up uh, what's good where's my check at homie <laughs> Over, over there yeah uh, man. you know yeah, like but, uh, you're gonna quote me on shows uh take out parts but uh i get i get no check okay but you know even to, to speak to that you know we've, we've got all of our incredible pros give you the, the real insight the, the knowledge 
uh, here on the Hamian Media Group, also with the Russo event. Hey, Stevie putting out uh, over at his analyst channel on YouTube, you know, hey, CM Punk, go get your money. He's telling the truth about it for the worker side of it. But I want to speak to, you know, because a lot of people ask, they've asked me, and I know they've asked the others that are here on the platform, the likes of myself, uh, MSG, uh, a big Ray, those types. And they say, mm-hmm. well, what's, what's the difference between you guys and sheet grinders? We're, we, we are pundits, talking heads. We're guiding conversation with the pros to bring you the knowledge, the real insight. Where I despise the, the sheets myself is they they really have become into this phase where they want to be more than the actual product, more than the shows, mm. more than pro wrestling. They don't put anything over. They're not contributing to the, the growth and the business going forward, which it just absolutely drives me crazy. And a lot of these fans out here now, oh, th- this is it, it, it's spill over into the fans. They have that same mindset. How many people, instead of sitting back, enjoying and hyping up and trying to get people to tune in to grow the bubble? Oh, th- this part's of work. This thing, you're not an expert insider. Shut the hell up. Enjoy the thing. Promote it and hype it up. Because. <laughs> Everybody is a spotlight addict at any cost. And when wrestlers that you're covering is a fan and somewhat maybe an insider who at one time respected the business or claimed to so you could gain access, the spotlight of the media scrum, the spotlight of having people say your name or rib on you and be in the talk overtakes that. Whether it's Salcedo, Sat, Body, Hausman... <laughs> Like, hey, I, you know, I'll give a shout out to Houseman. I thought he did pretty good at the uh, the post Survivor Series uh, press conference. See, I first time it, in a, first I time mean, in a while, first time in a while that someone seemed professional at, at yeah, one of them. Well, hey man, I'll say this about Tricky Nick, dude. Like, whatever happened between us again, it's nothing that was like some crazy, insane, unforgivable heat. But you know, <laughs> he's gonna do what he does, you know, and he's a he's a professional improviser. He he has a leg up on all these people in performance art, right? So it's tough to go from a performer back to journalism, and now he's walking that line. And then there's heat with Billy Corgan, and like once you got heat, now you're a heel, and you get addicted to that as well. And there's the paybacks and the the little oh, I can control the industry and tip the scales this way, right? So that that all starts to figure into it. it's the same when the bucks started calling their shit the Meltzer driver <laughs> as a rib and instantly this guy is like salivating like they they played him like a fiddle bro you know and um that seems to be the way things have, have gone here now whatever uh reality i mean here has has a dirt sheet maybe in existence but at least in the last what decade two decades has a dirt sheet platform or journalist if you will have they grown the bubble have they put a single ass in the seat from from wwe down to the indie shows down to immortal have they done anything they have not Um, helped grow this business at all yeah well i mean there's podcasters out there like the guys that wrestle fandom that are local here garrett and, and and his whole crew that do you'll see their backgrounds on a lot of blaze haram promos and myself and um are they are they yeah. sheet guys though, or are they pundits? Are they trying to help? They're them? they're just pundits, kind of. They're like they shoot video and they do a lot of really great stuff. That whole wrestle fandom crew. So, that I I don't want to I don't want to knock everybody from top to bottom because they do get guys reps like my students, brother Jonas, the Stompers, give them opportunity to start 
doing their first podcast and exploring what their character is right so there is some of that then there is the ones that just want to become a ryan seacrest of wrestling is how i really liken them you know what i mean they're they're a host they're known their people know their name or what have you but their scope of what they mean to the business in their minds is way skewed you know what i mean so like i heard ec3 taking shots at hausman and he's even like referencing when nick and billy were got into it at resistance pro or whatever which is a defunct indie from chicago that it goes back to that and i'm sure years and years ago yeah so like the these are how far these heat things can go back and are ridiculous that ec3 wasn't even really involved with that but like here we are, you know, because Jay Bradley was and fucking like, like there's all these little inside clicks that this shit is ridiculous, you know, but everybody holds on to their, we're going to get that motherfucker or else I've got the heat over them and they don't get over without me. And I'll just wait till they screw up and I'll put out a story, you know, like none of that helps the biz that just helps the fucking rumor mill. And but then you can also say, hey, at least somebody's talking about your stuff. You know what I mean? But unfortunately, some questionable decisions may have cost them. I don't think that's the case. Knowing these uh, executives of TV, they just wanted any out to buy NXT and not pay him instead and then keep it at, at, at bay. But the sheets will frame it up as like, this cost them. You know, like, mm, you don't really know, bro. You don't know what's going on with the business dealings and the fucking in one meeting. <laughs> in one meeting, your pilot is greenlit. And in the next minute, it's gone, bro. <laughs> Ask the conspiracy horseman. I watched it happen three different or, times. Or you're out in the desert searching for a pyramid, right? For fucking, you start out with everything you wanted. Yes, yes, yes. And then, well, we're going to, what do you guys think about going to the Arizona desert with a backhoe searching for gold in the fucking sand, alien gold? Oh, okay. (laughs) Fucking sail out there in the middle of the desert. I go, you're out of your fucking mind. Like, these are the people you're dealing with. So they can act like that one scene from you know the from uh sinister minister is some bullshit but that is just some card they're gonna play bro like and then the dirt sheets run with it and it might as well be truth because they're never gonna redact anything they're never gonna go back and go i was wrong i didn't know what the fuck i was talking about right like because you're not right now they all got multiple reasons why they couldn't call this shot here will they throw themselves under the bus though no, not exactly. So there you go. So th- they're killing their own credibility with that shit. A- absolutely. So so Ben, to to the actually, you know, to what we're they're not even smart here. enough to know how the the deafening silence should tell the tale of what is going to happen, so they can predict and even look right because <laughs> they're not in the locker room. They don't know the fucking plays. If their people are all being kept in the dark and they're going we don't know we heard he nobody said anything so they're they're not they're not he's probably not coming that should stooge off to you that your low-level connections are being kayfabed and (laughs) the the higher level dogs are pulling some shit when there's silence something is happening if they if he wasn't coming it would have been stooge like nah we don't want him here and it would have got trickled out 
the fact that that message didn't get covered in the Cold War should stooge off that would stooge off to almost anybody in the business who's smart that something's going on. So who do you think actually knew about this in, in the presser and some releases? Triple H was talking about it, that it was him and Khan who handled this deal. Uh, yeah. Vince wasn't part and of it. Vincent, no, bullshit. Like, there's no way that they're you're bringing back Punk without getting a fucking green light from Vince. So I'll fucking... It, pro- it probably wasn't involved, and he's not lying. Fucking Con told well, Deuce. Con told Deuce. Deuce told Vince. Vince, uh, hey, welcome home. <laughs> and fucking, and then back it goes, and Triple H fucking signs the contract. So he's not lying when he says Vince didn't have nothing to do with it, but it goes from here to here to there to back to back to there. Well, like, I'm, I'm thinking you're making a major move like this. I mean, you certainly, in any industry, you got to let your parent company know, right? Of what you're doing. Are they giving them that much freedom? I Yeah, I don't think they need to, to be honest with you. I don't think they've had to clear that with Ari. I wouldn't have. So they, they, they have that trust there. Uh, you also have, you know, the Triple H that we've we've heard, and he spoke to it, that he, he kind of went and took the headset, took over production when they were getting ready to bring Punk in. He entered yeah. the arena late on. Um, <laughs> very few people knew about this thing, but, hey, we, we've got the, the graphics, his entrance fired up, ready to go. Uh, shop.com, they have got new merch set to go moments after the end of the pay-per-view. Even the cock went to must-watch and put up in the WWE section your own best in the world mm. uh, category. Mm. It happened that's like in, that's that. interesting points you make there, RBV, because now you're talking got to be at least one, maybe two people who are stooged off in merch. Got to be um, somebody at Peacock who knows what's going on, who has those graphics ready to go, uh, or else you have your own stooge who's a production person who Triple H trusts in NXT, and they've been working all week getting all that shit ready for the go trigger. And now that's interesting. Who is that person? Uh, I got to go Jeremy Borash will be my number one. You know what I mean? Uh, to To handle that where he's got somebody – and, and he's probably working them going, let's just, just in case they get it done, it's not a lock. So let's just like, keep it light. Like, you know, like, so, but don't say nothing. <laughs> and it didn't get it, get out, you know, speculation wise, but those are big triggers to have ready. And they did like you're pointing out there. So there was more than the riddle wrapped inside the enigma of just getting the deal done there. Cause triple H was up all that. Let me get these graphics out. <laughs> you know, like, uh, Bro, Photoshop. <laughs> um, you I was know, so say, like, am, I, am I to believe that in the production truck they're running it like an indie show where the guy at sounds just got YouTube pulled up where he just hits the, the you know, the yeah, that's the thing. Did. Somebody, so Kevin Dunn's in on it, right? And maybe Kay Fabe and his team and has it, has it all set ready to go. So he had to be in on it too. And that's your upper echelon inside Stooge Core, bro. So, um it, it worked uh completely uh for the supermark aew chicago audience you know and they kept putting over the numbers at all state right like what was it seventeen thousand or something like just hammering on con just hammering on them bro you know and then there's plenty of other fallout to talk about like he gave some reaction to uh, a podcast guy that nobody knows our platform and <laughs> and then there's the Seth reaction and and uh you know all that type of shit so um we'll we'll, we'll jump into all yeah. those um you'd mentioned it before you're talking about 
between the two promotions. Obviously, AWWE and AEW. Some of the big players going back and forth. You, you just mentioned recently that that Edge, Adam Copeland, made the jump over. We've seen others. Punk himself has been over there. We're starting to see very few of them, but they are making a move to WWE from AEW. Jade Cargill. You got Jade, uh, Cody. I mean, you look at the, Cody. You know, I mean, those are, Punk yeah. immediately. I mean, he. He has moved the bubble. Uh, we're getting outside outlets talking about this thing. The buzz in, you know, just with the fans that want to watch, they're going to tune in tonight for Monday Night Raw to see this fallout. Cody immediately comes in, one of the founders of that company. Wasn't really the guy in the main event over there. He was doing a lot of good things, but, you know, helped get the thing going. Comes back to WWE, immediately goes to the top of the card. Top baby face, headlines WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. Even Jade, uh, Triple H talked to this in the press conference, they're pulling back a little bit till she feels comfortable. She's ready to get in there and mix it up. But she still is a big deal. How they brought her in. She's on all the different brands. Oh, yeah. That's the – well, let's – I don't well, – I like so how which, you gloss over feels that. Like a, which feels like a bigger, a bigger move here. WWE is showing that they're going to give you more of a shine and that they are truly the bigger stage than sure. AEW. I mean, hands down, right? Yeah, without a doubt, plus the legacy of what it is. A lot of people got their foot in the biz because AEW will parlay that into, uh, you know, an opportunity once the AEW kind of folds here because, I mean, uh, I mean that's the big mistake you, that you, you kind of laid out but didn't mention. <laughs> why Why did Cody jump? Why, why are the Bucks taking time off? Because these guys wanted best intentions to come in and try and – build a company when they really should had no experience in booking business, none of that, right. Bucks and merch. Sure. And probably booking some of their own stuff in new Japan, but we're talking about booking a whole show, not just your stuff. So what they should have done is made themselves a spotlight and given up all that fucking agenting, writing, getting the show together stuff. Like they should have had been, had the vision to, be like, this is not what we need. We need to be the stars here. You can't be the star and do all that shit. It's it's absolutely impossible. And when history looks back, that will be the main reason why. Because not because the talent had the book and they booked themselves over. They didn't. They booked themselves under. They needed to be the crown jewel shining pieces while uh, a whole team of top people ran the show wrote it they could have creative control sure to some degree but like you know of their own stuff but that's the the big miss now (laughs) jade yeah they brought her in because she is a purebred human being you know what i mean top athlete but she's still green as goose shit in this business she's not going to get this for another three years and when they probably gave her a tryout with even their mid-level NXT girl talent, she probably got exposed to some degree of how far she has to go still to be able to get in there with Charlotte and Becky and not worry about a big botch happening where now we're hurting this property. It's all right to pump the brakes and give her reps because really that's what she needs. I mean, those last matches with like um, uh, Taya Valkyrie and a couple others that you could just see the frustration of she just doesn't understand, but that's how it is when you've only had fucking less than a hundred matches in your career. You know what I mean? Like you're not going to get it right away, no matter how good you look or how impressive you are. 
people still got to work around your incapabilities. So we, it really is just about giving her another year uh, under some top WWE coaches till the, till it becomes muscle memory. Cause there's no constant training in AEW. You wrestle what you wrestle once every four weeks, how many matches in between, like no indie dates. Like how are you supposed to get better? You can't, you got to have reps in this shit constantly. Do you think there's anybody ribbing Cody and WWE? Like uh didn't this bitch go to your school? <laughs> well, I mean, if I was going to find her, bro, I'd be super pumped. I There's nothing you can't, you can't go, oh, he, she went to her school for what? He, she trained with Rip, too, for a couple weeks. But you're not going to get this in a couple weeks. It takes <laughs> six to eight years. I, I know. The, it takes a while for them to really get the, the nuances, yeah. and especially go in there and go at a level uh, that WWE is going to expect her to hang with the you know the top stars, as you said. About and you, and uh, nobody's uh, nobody's really pressed. This was interesting of, like, why did Cody leave? What it, What was the inciting incident? what something happened and he said he didn't want to talk about her he's not gonna or what have you and i respect that because he's treats it professionally and he's got a family legacy to protect you know what i mean but <laughs> bucks are taking time off cody's gone punk gone hangman by himself how long till moxley and jericho jump ship i bet not long probably cesaro too so, and then Alistair Black would come back in a heartbeat. So would FDR. So would Miro. So the foundation has, has pretty much had all of its its major cornerstones yanked out from underneath it. And even the goofs like Jack Perry are now on the shelf. You'd have to rebuild from scratch, you know. The pictures with Edge in a ring with a completely empty arena behind them and three rows of people in the front row are absolutely brutal to deal with. And then you got Don Stevens backstage fucking doing TikTok dances, bro. Like, not a good look all the way around. <laughs> like, there's only one crew, two crews that could come in here and 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 fix this thing to, to give you a new shine. Because how many rabbits are left to pull out of the hat? Not many tricks left in the bag, right? Well, I was going to ask you that right now. Now, obviously, Tony, Tony was just on a podcast. Someone asked him about CM Punk in WWE, and he went to the, his his typical, you know, his, his safety net to the well. I can't talk about that legally right now. I don't think this well, is yeah. Well, what, what other platform is perfect for it? You're on an a interview, and that's the hottest news story, but he can't talk about it legally. Oh. What What is the internal feeling? What is Tony feeling, Tony Khan feeling right now, this pressure? There's just there's just a major swing here. I mean, he's already a distant second, and in, in that gap was widening. Now it's just you're getting blown out of the water. Yeah, well, I mean, when you when it's OPM, other people's money, and you are a billionaire, like that's the thing. Like, yeah, it probably sucks to lose. It's fun to play wrestler Booker, and I hear he's the one. He's the he is the Booker. Like he has the pen. There's Jericho's in his ear, and aside from that, that's all she wrote, bro. So you're gonna have to. That's why people like I'm. I'm sure Britt Baker has been said to politic for business hard. Like if you can get up close to him, you probably can book your own shit. You know, to some degree. Um, but. Uh, <laughs> Is it embarrassing? Sure, but here's the thing, dude. The the reason he can't talk about it is because Punk's super smart businessman. Even if he's a shit stirrer, when that first 
locker room at Brawl Out, not the Jack Perry shit went down. I had heard that, you know, the after that it was Punk and, and fucking uh, Khan in a room with Mega, and it, it was supposed to be a, <clears throat> a disciplinary action. He came out with a couple extra million and had to sign an NDA so they can't talk about it. That's all. <laughs> so, like, to get in trouble over there means don't embarrass us, don't talk about it, and we'll pay you for your silence. So name your price. Really, you've set the precedent of let me stir some shit to the point that it could be controversial, but we can't talk about it on TV, and then I'll let you pay me off at a higher price to keep my mouth shut. That that's I, that's, I, that's that makes that total sense. Get, I mean, he all right. So the legal parameters that he keeps talking about are the ones that he implemented. You got <laughs> so, it. No one can talk about brawl out or the fact that he was scared for his life when the Jack Perry incident. Because Punk probably in that sit down, I imagine, goes, "I don't want any more bullshit from these fucking kids, man. I'm your top property. You need to protect me." And then Jack Perry starting shit right there in front of Khan and, and fucking punks right. Like what the fuck did I say to you? You know what I mean? And getting mad. And now the heat's really on you <laughs> of not having any control. So, you know, I'm sure he was shitting in his pants to some degree because you meet your heroes and that's not who they are, who they are on TV. When the prima Donna shit goes down backstage, somebody's got to answer for it, you know? So, well, this, this week, this week and going forward over these next couple of months, your AEW, your Tony Khan, do, do you try to, to swing back a little bit to, to make a little noise yourself? Or do you find shelter and hopefully ride out the WrestleMania storm, hoping that WWE shifts back into cruise control where maybe you get some of the attention post spring? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like what tricks are left in the bag, bro? Who are you going to bring in? Like you got big show trying to take a slam. You got edge doing something with Christian that doesn't really make sense where they're braining. Fuck. Do you think outside the bubble and try to go get somebody to compete with like a Logan Paul? Someone that could that, cross that's about all you got left. But, and what names are those? I mean, aside from the, the Von Eric movie, you got traction to promote that way. Right. Cause MJF's in it. Can you get, oh, he's an executive producer or two on there. Yeah. Can you get the guys from, from that to be there? But now we're just kind of redoing Cody with Stephen Mill on Hales. You know what I mean? Like when that went down or Green Hornet or whatever the fuck that was. Um, Great arrow, right? Yeah, whatever. Um, <laughs> and so I don't know, man. Like Matt Riddle, is he going to move the needle for you? Probably not much. They tried with Flair, and now you got his Flair's goofy face up on the fucking marquee while you're trying to do serious matches for some piece of shit energy drink out of china you know like what what are you gonna really do to bring anybody back hogan like what's that gonna do nash i don't know obviously not bischoff so to me it's <laughs> russo time um but really or two cw management in the office taking over everything everything and booking the bucks how they should be and taking the pressure off and, and getting it done. But uh, chances of that happen, 10 to 15% maybe, you know. But desperate desperate times call for desperate crimes, bro. So, what? I mean, what else is there that you could possibly do at this point? 
I, I think, you know, as crazy as it sounds to help your pro wrestling company, wrestling isn't the fix. I mean, it's either you go back to the basics and get a new direction, a new philosophy, as you're mentioning, with the new management team there uh, to try to, you know, re-energize what you've got going on, or you go to Hollywood or you go the, 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 to the extreme of entertainment. It seems to be their their options. You got an NFL tap in. I don't know why we're not playing off of that. You know what I mean? Some NFL stuff. Um yeah, it's just, uh, and I'm sure <laughs> double down on the locker room now have it, that sells for the dirt sheets constantly, right, of, of AEW locker room. So we'll see what this fallout is and how many shots they're actually going to take at Con and the Bucks and, and all that type of shit. Or will Phil just no sell because he's got enough Seth Rollins heat that it doesn't, you know, doesn't make a difference to shit on those guys. I don't know, man. Uh, I really don't. But signing Will Ospreay is not going to fucking <laughs> get you out of 250000 to 300000 range. But, but, Ben, he's the best wrestler in the world. Good. Can he act? Can yeah. he carry a storyline? Can he convey emotion in a storyline? Like, um you know, you can have as many wrestling bell-to-bell matches as you want with the craziest amount of shit possible. None of that is going to make people fucking tune in, man. You have to tell long-term stories. You have to have great characters. And they have one in Tony Storm. And that should show everybody else, I need to find my own thing. Not like that, just like that where I'm in my world. But what is my intrigue? What sets me apart? Instead... They think wrestling bell to bell, doing forearms, chops, and no selling forearms of the face off of some Japanese bullshit, wrong style, dong style is the way to go. And when you do it in four matches on a show, that shows to me you're not watching the whole show and you don't understand where you fit in. Because why would you want to do something that somebody just did in the two, three matches before you? I sure as shit wouldn't. Hey, they did three uh, three camel clutches. (laughs) Guess what? I'm winning with a choke slam tonight then. Absolutely. And in the thigh slap, man. You got to get that in yeah. there. Uh, you mentioned the NFL there. A, for WWE tonight on Raw, very favorable matchup is that, you know, they usually, you, you look at those matchups. Can they steal that viewership from Monday Night Football? Not the hottest game with the Bears and the Vikings. So, I mean, it's kind of, you know, some things lining up there uh, for, for Raw this evening. What's Raw been at? 1.6? Um, yeah, I think that's been about the average there. So to me, if you were going to be a real needle mover and really measure this metric, Raw needs to be over uh, a two million, a 2.0. If if Punk is really a needle mover and fucking people do it, because otherwise, because guess who else is watching? I know the I, like we'll talk about the set thing, uh, total work, but great stuff. But fucking, that's who's watching. <laughs> if fucking we don't have an incident between Seth and and uh, Punk. Uh, to like kind of kick things off or in that first hour we we've missed a huge opportunity to to hold audience because we got to draw them off football like that right so we need some real heat and like real discourse or uh, you know, discord of like backstages and shambles because of this right and if we don't then you're not gonna keep people tuned in and football's gonna win out do we have the balls to go into blur the lines of real heat worked heat so the crowd doesn't know? And is that enough to bring 400,000 people back 
to keep Raw over $2 million in the first hour. If it's not, then Seth, who probably doesn't like this, and along with others go, see, you brought him back for one moment. He doesn't even get us fucking $150,000, $200,000 extra. We could do that with a couple simple moves, and now you can start undercutting him to, to Triple H, right? Because Triple H, I'm sure, has no real love for him. He just, Triple H, like I said, loves the moment and what we have to do. He has to do big business, right? Triple H is loving the big business of this. Yeah, but he still doesn't want to deal with punk shit. Just like, dude, (laughs) Cody smashed the fucking, you think that, dude, these elephants don't forget, bro. Like, you're like the rib of Cody not going over was because of that. And there'll be things to pay for this. And now... You're talking about Punk being back. Well, what is his behavior? Is is he is it easy to trigger him or is it hard? It's pretty well, easy. Well, we've to, seen pretty easy. Yeah, I mean he he's right. got that short fuse. So well, the, the whole plan could be we'll bring him back just to fuck with him, make him look bad. Who cares if we pay him off? It's fucking UFC's money now, not ours, right? Like, like they they, they could want to be doing that just to fuck with them because they're that's how these sharks roll sometimes, bro. And in, in the sharks in the sharks' mind, though, is it more important? Okay, you know, we we already know we we pulled CM Punk back here. We can control his strings. Is it more important? You know, let's appease him now to show everyone else that this other joke company couldn't handle him, but the big boys can. Good. Did they last time? Can they no. handle him? They held him for a while there till the end. But then you've seen where he goes to AEW and a lot of people are, oh, he is toxic. It was punk that caused this. If he comes back to WWE and he's problem free for the duration of whatever this deal is, then you look at, okay, WWE is actually a big boy company. They're the big leagues. Yeah. They handled things. This obviously AEW is by far just a, a mid company. Oh, of course it is, bro. You got a guy who's only been doing this for four years versus somebody 40. Like, that's what it is. <laughs> is a four-year-old going to beat a 40-year-old in anything? Oh, it's Depends on what it is. I <laughs> shit, in your, shit in your pants, maybe. Wow. Like, that's about it, bro. Like, yeah, that, could, like, like, Noah could probably beat me in a trivia thing about Bluey. But, I mean, yeah, but as yeah. you say, though, in reality, uh, you know, the difference here is astronomical. Yeah, so there's there's no comparison in, in what they could do back and forth. So, um, <laughs> well, I don't know, about, I don't know about holding them on a leash, bro. Like, that's the thing. These guys – know how to pluck strings and then plug and you know when people are messing with you well now that you're back there if you're gonna sell for jungle jack perry and the young bucks then what happens when seth is really plucking your strings da, da, da. and here's one thing we didn't even i didn't really talk about or think of of who else is in that inner circle that got this deal done i doubt it was even bruce i bet it was fucking i bet it was triple h and con to Heyman, Heyman to punk yeah, you know, that's, a, that's yeah. I mean, who was the guy there? That's that, the intermediate. You, you were talking about, you know, how did they keep punk under control for the longest time they did? It was Heyman that was so instrumental in his success. And, 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 and now we have an interesting, like, if you're talking booking, where like, hmm, this is delicious, and my creative uh, mind starts flying. Heyman is now the linchpin between Roman, Brock, and Punk. And what can we do to tell that story of who is he really loyal to? You know, like you're going to question him and he's going to have to turn on Roman and, and have it go over. And 
is Cody going to be the one to capitalize it because of their hurricane of hell? You know what I mean? And and when can Brock come back right at the right time to heighten that whole thing? Like there's a lot of, a lot of whiteboard stuff that needs to be written out of like, uh, how do we connect this to this? And what's the way to heighten that to that? Very interesting stuff creatively right now. That would be super fun to consult on. Oh, I, I could imagine the fun. I mean, you would, you would be like a kid at a toy shop sitting in the creative right now. You, you take a look at the list of the potential star power at WWE, but the return of punk, the bloodline, the judgment day, Cody, Sammy, uh, Jay, Uso. then you've got, LA Knight. You've got guys like Lashley that they're not even, but the potential, you got uh, Logan Paul with his celebrity out there. You got the potential of Brock Lesnar coming back. I mean, it's, that's a stacked lineup right there. Yeah. Um, I got a shot at Mike Martin in the chase. Says, ben, do you ever think maybe Triple H actually picked up the phone and talked to Punk himself? Come on, a real man would. Um, I don't know. Maybe. Uh, but to be honest with you, I think the, the way Punk would want it is the covert way. <laughs> he would want the fucking sweet. They got Polly reaching out. Let's do this. We're comfortable. Like, da, 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 da. I don't got to deal with game and his stuff. Like, having if, any, if anybody was really happy to be that middleman, it was Heyman himself. The position. Yeah, well, right there i don't think punk wants to deal with like triple h baby facing him knowing that it's a false thing you know what i mean so the the chain of command of how things are disseminated might work better when everybody's going okay this is the way you ask for a sit down right the consigliere goes to the boss that comes back to, to go to the made guy and then you go with your guy to represent you and you sit down and everybody's there and we're all greasy and we all know it like that's how i see things fucking moving smoother than just like hey man we want to keep it kayfabe and bring you back and here's a deal for three years like the intermediaries are the ones who usually get it done. Uh, so you're, you're talking post-match last night. The, the arena erupts. Chicago absolutely loves CM Punk. You know, he, he's one of their own. The, the true standouts are for their sports figures. We, we get the reaction from Seth Rollins. Incredible job he does selling that, paying off all of the smack talk from social media, what he's mentioned. Yeah. On, I think we get a happy accident with Drew McIntyre storming out of the arena. I think that had more to do with uh, him being dissatisfied with his alignment with Judgment Day, but they played into yeah. it uh, at a house show last night where even uh, Drew McIntyre cut a promo. I think it was Seth and Drew in the main event at the house show. Uh, but even Drew's talking about afterwards, I'm, I'm going drinking, so come buy me shots. So he's, he's working in some things there. We, we've got all these – these happenings you were talking about blurring the lines man that's when pro wrestling's at its absolute best mm -hmm. you might have a down matchup in monday night football but you have to sway a huge portion of that audience you've got other people excited been format tonight's show how do how do we weave the basket to keep us entertained for three hours and keep us hooked in um it's interesting i think uh seth going off on triple h feeling betrayed what what emotions do we see there so seth if, i mean if you're listening to our show you're obviously a psycho wrestling fan as we're 53 strong on the live chat now and channelattitude.com subscribers thank you so much um you know, you see Seth, fuck you, motherfucker, and Michael Cole hold him around the waist and agents there and da da da, da and Seth or Seth really breaking, you know, the Joaquin Phoenix Joker to be like, what I'm but like, what are you seeing? 
you're seeing anger and frustration of him being betrayed because it looks like everybody kept him in the dark and he should have known, right? Like, sure, there's storyline, but him walking out there is like somebody told Seth, like, Seth backstage, he better not fucking be here. That's all I'm telling you. And then they, he is there, <laughs> you know, and Seth gets kept in the dark because Seth has been Triple H's boy, Beast Slayer, King Slayer, all that shit that they shoved them down your throat, right? So if anybody's got heat, it's that Seth got kayfabe by game. And that's and that's that's the emotion that we need to start with. Betrayal and then smugness of CM Punk. Hey, I'm back, dude. Da, da, da. And Punk Punk's value is the fuck you to AEW. So people are going to be looking for those two things. What is the relationship between game and Seth in, in reality? And what are the shots fired at Khan? So um, those are the, in the first hour, we kind of got to have those two, two things to set shit off. Cause otherwise, what are we doing in, you know, we're not, we're not keeping that fire stoked uh, of what we went off the air with. Cause it's not even about the heat between punk and, uh, Seth yet. You know what I mean? Of what he's, what, of what Seth said when he was being interviewed, they can keep him and all that shit, you know? And, um, I, I would get to that by the end of the show. I would have the first interaction of Seth and Punk at the end of the show. Or even have Triple H throw Seth out of the building because he's so hot and that he they can't have that backstage tonight. But you also should have other people like side-eye and Punk when he walks by because the dirt sheets are saying that now that now their lower level stooges are stooging they feel betrayed by triple h from being kept in the dark they thought they were fucking in team over and they got worked the workers got worked so who are some of those people they're just like yeah and who has punk run up against in the past where you get to be rubbed the wrong way who are his boys you know what i mean well, i want to see a steel too <laughs> you know i'm sure that's my probably part of the deal too that ace is back in there man so um there's a lot of little insider stuff that needs to be played out because that's who if, this is for this, that, right that's show, who this is for is the insiders what if i think you can drop those little inside hints you know those, those easter eggs uh over the chat you know they're talking is punk a guy that can move the bubble can grow an audience he absolutely can i mean we're getting crossover coverage on this thing but they're asking we, in the chat how do you even do that like it, there's simple things that'll pop the sheets where you just go boy this wrestling business is a jungle isn't it <laughs> right so if you want to get jungle boys name over where they fucking do their stupid little memes or whatever. There's plenty of wordplay things that Phil's quick enough to come up with that are fuck yous. That's what he's really best at on the mic. If you're talking, what do people want to see? Pipe bomb. You're not going to pipe bomb without shitting on fucking Seth, Tony Khan, Jungle Boy, and the Elite. Gots to. That's what your value is. The, the smart way to do that, though, is the Easter eggs instead of just yeah, coming out. and Hey, we were talking about what would be something positive for AEW. The biggest positive for AEW right now is if WWE would outright just come out and say the promotion name and take the blatant shots. You're, you're going to get the jabs, the backhanded, you know, insults, compliments at the insults, if you will. Uh, what just kind of popped in me here. 
with it blurring those lines, playing the insider stuff, a little throughout the show, you had Seth politicking backstage, getting people out up to, you know, to follow his movement of CM Punk doesn't belong here. And you had some kind of wrestler's court. That's not bad either. Uh, I don't have a problem with that, but he's, he's a lot signed, sealed and delivered. So he should just be laying back in the cut and letting everybody else be crazy around him, not selling, right? Like laughing at that. He has turned the wrestling biz on its head in two years because of shoot things that happen backstage, bad behavior and bad behavior is now getting rewarded. Right. And if he wanted to get digs in, he go, he could go, you know, Seth, I want to wrestle you for that title, but my contract says, uh, I, I don't work with children and you were throwing a pretty big temper tantrum at the end of uh survivor series. So, you know, like, like he, he could just fucking be cool in the cut and get ribs in on the bucks. And it's good to be back in the most elite wrestling promotion in the world. <laughs> Boom. Like one after another, like, Simple stuff. Yeah, I'm just doing quick, quick Henny Youngman one-liners here. But you sit around in a creative team, you can come up with some nasty one-two punches, right, uh, all the way through it. And even take shots at UFC and Vince and, and everybody, bro. Dana, everybody, let them all get it. So because that's what his value is. Everything he's done since the pipe, since before, bro, like the guys he came up with in Chicago that I worked with, uh, good dudes. He left them in the dust. His best friend <laughs> ended in no friendship and him burying him about his mom's bank account and shitting all over him. Right. When that guy helped a ton of wrestlers make money and really set the precedent for wrestling podcasts. I feel one way or another about him on the, on any given Sunday, but leaves Colt in the dust. Ace Steel is stuck by him, you know, but I got respect for Ace because he doesn't act like some of the way I've seen Phil act. But then he goes over there, gives the people wrestling wet dream, the black t-shirt fucking crowd that they want, fucks his own foot up, and then gets into two fights, and we never get any payoff. The whole company, they, what's his reward there? You get your own TV show, and even that isn't enough right? You see a pattern of behavior here. What do you think is going to happen? Do you think all that's going to go away and everything's going to be honky dory? Or do you think other sharks are going to be pissed off that he's now here to eat and take a main spot and they're going to do everything they can to get him to sell. So then he gets sent home and he's finally getting sent home, collecting a check because he's going to get guaranteed money. I think if we're talking about blowing those lines again, that's going to be what's interesting to watch. And hopefully they continue to bring that to the screens is that chess, that chess match. that's going to be played backstage between all these different groups. But will they play it out? And do they have a plan to blur those lines or will it just happen to play out? And what the best stuff that we never see, it happens backstage and it's all dirt sheet bullshit. Well, we do surface level TV PG shit. That's the thing. We're doing TV PG on the rest of the show. And then at the end, Seth's going, fuck you, motherfucker. I'll fucking kill you. And then are we going to keep that vibe? Are we going to go with that? Because that's what I want. That's real. That I'm going, that's the Seth Rollins we need. Not <laughs> sing my song. I was going to say, if, when he makes his entrance that tonight, was the best performance he's given us that. From him. 
if he if he makes his way to the arena tonight and it's just to play along with the entrance and he's got some goofy outfit on, he's it, it's you're, almost you're, a complete wash. He has yep. got to come there with a purpose. Yep. That's uh, what I'm saying. Direct. You start with him and Gorilla and Triple H fucking back and forth. You're like going at it. You know what I mean? Like seriously. I mean, uh, he, not he, not he, Adam, not Adam Pierce, not all this game. You you pretty much he pretty much said on social media, Seth Rollins on site. If I see him on site at our show on our property, I'm getting his ass. It's potentially what he was saying on social media months ago. Now yeah, you've got to stick to those guns. Not the pretty entrance, not the you know the poppers, whatever shit outfits that you're wearing. You got to come ready to fight tonight to Raw. Because who, who, who put heat on him before when he showed up at our show and was asked to leave after he did the Good Brother handshake? Is that Seth going get him out of my fucking locker room, right? Like, so does it start that way? Seth, you just see Seth come in, go right into Punk's locker room, grab his bag, and fucking gun it down the hallway. Like, <laughs> these are these are the things we need to start with, not some stupid ass sing along. You can't leave with that level of, uh, uh, you know, PG thirteen level heat, and then come back and do raises. Attitude yeah. era energy. That's what it was. And that was the best performance we've ever seen out of Seth because you didn't know how hot he was and he was going off. And to have Michael Cole be the guy holding him around the waist, a guy of 20-some-odd years, that's politics holding you from being back. A lot of smart moves in the way they did that. People are like, it's real. It's, uh, everything's a fuck. You know what? I, I would even love. Uh, There's no way, dude. Go, go to Cole on commentary and have him get serious and be like, you know, I was just telling Seth, don't throw it all away. Do not throw everything, you know, get real yeah. in that moment. Why would he listen? You know, why is Cole holding him back? Because it is something that powerful in the message. It, we were talking about that happy accident with Drew McIntyre. Hey, you could even throw Drew into that with the storm off and twist it. You know, while we're hearing Drew has been, he's been kind of put off. They're not wanting to renegotiate right now. But then they go and sign this guy. Who was there for you that carried you through the COVID? When I you think had that's, that, that's great. That's great stuff right and there. You won't even talk to me about my contract. You're, you're well, that's, that's, not a, that's not heat on Punk, right? Who's that heat it's, it's, it's him on the company. On the office. The, the betrayal. Like When these scenes, and this is just something you've learned plenty from me as a booker and, and a creative, right? And I know you've done great things. I'm super proud of you. But now let's look at the scenes you want to happen, you're, you're spot on. Simplify them to one word of emotion of what is at the root of that and then build back up out of that instead of the scene because if we can get to what what it is of why he feels it's, that it's way. Betrayal. Right. And it's and who's that going to be on? On the on H, on the office, whoever's signing the check. Exactly. Checks. It's not Adam. Like, we're... we're <laughs> The Adam Pierce Jack Tunney character is one thing. He's not more powerful in reality than Drew McIntyre is, you know, in the locker room packing order, well, so right? If you hit, if you would hit Pierce with the Claymore, you like you would all right, send that. It's a message it's sent. It, well, it's, it's a message phony. sent. Okay, nope. so it's a, so you just we are that. we are like you said, it's a gift that he walks out, what have you. But then the promo of the reality of the not getting the contract signed because Punk's back and you don't want to take me seriously and I'm the guy who's there for you when you know this guy's only going to give you headaches, you're spitting in my fucking face, man. That's real. That doesn't go to Adam Pierce. That's right. To, uh, that's where Nick Khan 
fucking needs to become a character. Like you're now breaking the fourth wall of locker room politics and contract negotiations for, for controversy and for upsetting the balance of the WWE locker room. That's got to fall on somebody way upper brass's shoulders. And it ain't, if you try and do it with the guys who are character upper management, not going to be real at all, bro. You're not blurring the lines. Now we're feeding back to TV PG. We need to fucking see the McMahon game power struggle. And even maybe that's where Ari and Dana step in. I mean, there's a lot of angles, but it's got to be no pun intended here. Raw. I mean, it's got to be that pure emotion. Let's talk about another uh, unpredictable player here. The other big return, not our truth. We'll get to a little bit of him as, as we close out the show. But hey, Randy Orton, big pop yeah. when he when he hits the arena, looked like a million bucks, man. It was great to see the Viper back. And, and as big of the names that we had inside of that match is over as Judgment Day is, uh, the babies as big as you know as over they are with the WWE universe. Man, Orton just looked on another level than everybody else in that ring. Wow, you're talking about a second generation, third generation, excuse me, uh, the youngest champ ever. Just uh, like, a guy. Pretty much the prototype of what a professional wrestler yeah, should be. Well, really the prototype of what, of what it is. No knock on John Cena's early gimmick, but that's what it was of at OVW at that time after Randy hit it big and FCW be, to, you know, started in Florida before NXT. It was cookie cutter Randy Orton. You're going to get up on the, you're going to come up with your own little thing, but you're going to get on the second rope. You're going to do this. You're going to fucking do the entrance the same way. You're going to have all this swagger, but just mix it a little bit. And then nobody, they made a fuck ton of those guys. Like they were stamping them out of a factory. Right. But some got over a little bit, some not at all. And, um, I mean, even LA night was kind of whatever that was back then when he was tagging with Kenny Omega, when they were when they were FCW talents, like they they tried to do that with everybody. They thought they had gold, and it just didn't work out. I mean, but Orton, you know, another guy who obviously was born into this and gets it and is a top dude. But OVW trained doesn't do a ton of excessive shit. Only does the high spot when it really means something, and has you know been in the business for twenty some odd years now. But he came in so young at a top guy. He could have another 10 years, but I know his back is pretty fucked up. So how much is he going to do, you know? And what does he feel about Punk being in the locker? <laughs> well, I was going to say, with all this excitement, how do you play Orton into what's happening here? Yeah, I think he's kind of the breath of fresh air who wouldn't give a fuck, you know what I mean? Like, I don't think he'd sell for any of that stuff in real life. He'd be, he's smart enough to know how to cut Punk's throat <laughs> without ever really getting fired up, you know? He's he's that level of old school. So, but he's another guy, man, who throughout the years has been terrible backstage in hotel rooms and shit like that of like, Cody tells a story of him just going in and kicking urinals off the wall and being a problem and trashing hotel rooms and da da da, da. for what? So you can claim you live the good brother lifestyle, bro. I mean, uh, that that's just not in me. You know what I mean? 17 years in, I can, I, I got in the business late 28, 29. So, uh, it wasn't like that even, but even in Chicago comedy, I wasn't out <laughs> being an asshole you know i guess at the end of the day having a maturity level of 
uh, respect. And, and a lot of times, <laughs> I guess with all genius, there's madness, but the, these types of things of character flaws, in my opinion, like I said, just because I've enjoyed Orton Smith with him, get whatever the fuck, you know what I mean? Uh, and he's a great worker. doesn't mean I'm going to go, well, he's the most well-adjusted person I know. <laughs> if you're kicking urinals off the walls, you're kind of a fucking dick. Real quick, because, you know, coming up through the OVW system, you've been around people that, you know, that had seen this thing. Probably many people that you're friends with that ended up hanging with Orton that didn't get the breaks because of the trouble he was causing that lost their opportunities. Where Randy got the pass because of the ties being multi-generation yeah. and, uh, you know, just the raw talent that he was. You've heard from multiple people like, yeah, I was running around with Randy and, you know, I could I wasn't allowed to get to the arena late. I wasn't allowed to be yeah. that party or, or be slacking, not in the ring yeah. uh, before. Yeah. Show and and while they get future endeavored, uh, you know, because they're just doing good brother shit, he gets upped, right? Like he doesn't – he gets a little slap on the wrist and your whole life has changed, right? Welcome to being somebody's kid in the business, bro. That's what a, <clears throat> it comes down to. Gully Blanchard, I just got to put this over. I might be a typo, but Orton seemed to Hebrew matured a lot since then. So I'm not sure the Hebrew wise, but matured a lot. Uh, I, I, we're talking I about those Easter eggs. That's a Cole Cabana Easter egg for us. Yeah, is that okay? Uh, well, uh, I, I disagree. I think uh, a tiger can't change their stripes. Uh, you, Everyone can mature, sure, but punk was selling for the elite stuff and the jungle jack stuff it's the same shit like that that's my point sure the moment is great the oh my god the da 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 but now at what cost there's guys in your locker room who've been there who are now genuinely upset that he's there because they know he's gonna shit stir and that he's gonna take a top spot which means less time for you so and you feel betrayed by the guy that might have kept you in the dark who should have smartened you up. So there's three strikes right out of the fucking gate. And when they test him, he will sell like he always does in some way. And there will be another incident within six, 12 months, whatever. Uh, I will throw this out into the chat real quick. I've been keeping my eye on this thing as I knew it was uh, going to be unfolding while we were live here, Ben. But Tammy Lincinch. Uh, Sunny, she was in for her sentencing. That began at 9 a.m. I've been keeping my eye. To oh, see if we today. I thought it was heard. tomorrow. Okay. That, that's going on right now. I saw someone in the chat mention anybody, if you see where they've come down with a sentencing, let us know. I've been keeping my eye on a few of the sites for an official update to see that rolling. Hopefully, we'll get that before we get out of here. Uh, but we had a, a third big return. I popped for it. It was early in the show. I enjoyed the backstage skin. We had a little fun with it, with the working in the ruffle sponsor. Our truth is back. Uh, man, Black don't crack, man. That guy has not he looks aged. younger, bro. He looks younger. He comes back looking better and better every time. Hey, and we talk about those those big dude. That new that new ruffles adrenochrome flavor is fucking delicious. I can't get enough of them. Yeah, cocoa butter, baby. <laughs> but hey, chips or Chris, I'm looking forward to this match. Alpha oh, Academy versus uh, Pretty Deadly with R-Truth in the middle for the right. Are, are they Chips or are they Chris? I'm looking forward to have R-Truth back. And, hell, he could play an interesting role in all of this Blurred the Lines drama that we've got. Hell, have him come out and cut a promo thinking that all this hype's over his return or whatever the case might be. Yeah, I mean, Ruffles uh, definitely represent their big sponsor. But, uh, dude, 
I, I, this, I don't know why this triggers me just as a fat bastard, but I, I am a chip addict, bro. As I, I, it's hard for me to, to not get them at the store when we go shopping. I have to make a, a conscious effort. What, what's the go-to chip there for how many? Oh, it's tough, man. Um, I like the crunchy cheese doodles and the dipsy doodle corn chips. I usually got those from Wise Brand. I mean, whatever chemicals they spray on Doritos Cool Ranch is the fucking... I like the taco Doritos. That's my go-to. That's what the wise bro, but they're too strong. For me, there's only red and blue, bro. There's Crips and Bloods. like the, They spun Doritos out. None of the spin-out flavors even come close to Cool Ranch or regular nachos. So that are just some uh, good uh, um, on-the-border tortilla chips with uh, some salsa, Hernandez salsa. Uh, but... Um, I got pissed because my former roommate, great guy, uh, Twinkle Toes Martin Evans, BBC announcer uh, and former OVW DCW announcer, my roommate, he would always go, crisps. And like, everything's like a crisps, <laughs> a question mark, and he's British cat. And I was like, what the, f-? I, like, to me, crisps are, cr- are cracker biscuits they call crackers, right? So I'm like, what the fuck? I go, chips and crisps. And so when I heard, uh, pretty deadly call them crisps. I got instantly pissed off. I don't know why, <laughs> but it made me laugh because I was getting, I was like, this is getting me hot right here. And then I wanted some sour cream and uh, cheddar ruffles, which are their most delicious flavor. Um, but yeah, man. No way, man. Mesquite barbecue. Yeah, they're, they're up there, but I got to go cheddar sour cream. That's probably number one and two in my book. Um but uh yeah man the the hold it and then the chips go flying and then he comes up with the bowl they miss the sight gag because he gets down there i'll pick him up because he's done it and sees them it should have just been um they go up in the air and our truth's covered in chips right and then he just picks one off and starts eating and it's delicious not to have a whole nother bowl so that like when i see prop gags from three stooges you know go awry and not get it right but it's whatever um i think a big bag of chips to the face is funny like like it'll be good visual there's stuff you could do it with with ruffles to keep things going but i thought here's one thing where you're saying the mesquite barbecues i was thinking that too like it's too bad because i like this thing that they had pitched uh otis with um tucker Tucky back in the day where they were going to be like the barbecue pit masters with big uh, overalls and shit. If they would have gone with that, he might have his own ruffles flavor right now. You know what I mean? Like it's marketing things like that where I'm like, Ooh, we missed big right there. And I I'm sure he had that on his mind too, because that was their idea. They pitched and, Bro, you want to get over with the crowd, let those guys go over there and start cooking up sausages and brisket fucking eight in the morning and have for the boys in the afternoon and a couple people get some samples and shit with the autograph signing. They could have been some of the most over guys there were and parlayed that into a whole food network TV show. This Going back to this Tammy uh, Lynn Cinch thing here, this might be a little bit because they are bringing in multiple doctors uh, to testify about her mental health issues. So we could be here for a while on that one. Yeah. Speaking of testify, oh, my brother testify, uh, Devon Dudley on Stevie Ray TV this past week. Got a shout out Al Plaza big time for cutting those uh, clips up and Kaz as well, putting them on Hami Media Group. Uh, group. Group. 
uh, on Twitter there, you guys. So go check out Devon Dudley on Stevie Ray TV. A great, great episode there as well. Free on the, on his YouTube right now. Uh, absolutely. Uh, been on Survivor Series, though, with the uh, the other matches on the card. We had the Women's Survivor Series match, the Intercontinental Championship, Rhea Ripley defending her belt. Uh, we had, you know, the, the personal feud there uh, with Escobar and the LWO. Anything else there stand out to you? That, that you, that you Wait, did Escobar go over? Escobar go over on Carlito? Yes, uh, well, yeah. uh, actually, they on Friday, uh, they ran a gimmick where Carlito got replaced by Dragon Lee. So a little fun yeah. exchange there. Okay. Uh, I'm not really sure exactly why they, they made the move, uh, but Escobar does go over, picks up the win on, on Dragon Lee. That's not good. Like, unless Carlito's hurt or something, you know what I mean? Why would you switch him out? Like, I don't have a problem with Carlito losing there. We were building Escobar. There's no heat with the Dragon Lee thing nearly as much as with the rest of the LWO. Well, you, you, had, you had the attack on Friday, and then you have – um Oh, his name's escaping me. The general manager at SmackDown. I I, mean, I know who it is. Nick Aldis. Nick Aldis. Uh, oh, yeah, Aldis. You know, and he he's backstage. Oh, I'm going to have to cancel the match. And then Dragon Lee comes in and says, let me step in. Let me take the spot for it. It was, I mean, it was, you know, a fun little lucha match. I, I feel for the, the undercard there with, you know, with Ripley and Stark, uh, this match that we're talking about, and then the Gunther and Miz. When you're sandwiched between two gimmicks, especially like war games, it's tough to keep that audience up. Well, that that's a whole booking error, in my opinion, too. I get that it's Survivor Series war games. We got to show the gimmick. Well, when your opening match has people diving off the fucking top with garbage cans on their heads, when you're doing moonsaults off the top rope, nobody or top of the cage, nobody can follow that shit. So you don't put it on first. You put on a Ms. Gunther. You put on an Escobar uh, Carlito. You well, know the, what I mean? The, the, old, the old number one rule, establish wrestling. Establish wrestling, absolutely. But the fact that you just broke out fucking the nuclear arsenal and touched them off, now the next guy gets to go out there with a pistol and go, pink. Yeah, right. shoot one fucking shot right like we're, we're gonna open we're gonna open up the war by dropping an a-bomb and then we're gonna yeah, send in the then, guys with the, here the get horse, out there you know, the horse troopers or whatever you got a sword go get them yeah. <laughs> like you know like that that's booking errors and that's where people like wwe's the best i go uh-huh. nope no they're not because they just killed their own flow of their own show now what does anybody even remember from this pay-per-view the clothes yeah. We want you almost don't remember Randy Orton coming back already. He's an afterthought, right? So that's supposed to be a moment and it's supposed to be almost dummy cover for the fucking CM Punk thing. Cause people are like, ah, he's not coming, but at least we get Orton and that's dope. And then, Holy shit. We got that. That's how you heighten and explore, but you got to throw that dummy round out there. Not that Orton sucks or anything, but like that's to lead him off the trail a little bit. So the surprise means a little bit more. You could have gone war games, girls, something else in between that ends in, you know, uh, quickly. And then war games guys right after that, again, to, to go back and forth to it. But the way they booked that to open, you're not going to be able to follow it. it. They regularly do that when they feel the need. I mean, or you could just do the logical thing and just have one gimmick match. You know, you don't. It doesn't. You don't have to always have. Yeah, uh, the, it, it, the girl, just because the guys are doing it, the girls don't have to, or vice versa. 
You know right. what I mean? No coming up in, in in elimination chamber. If there's a better reason and it makes more sense for the ladies to go inside the chamber, then don't feel the need to give me the guys. You know, either way, just give me one focal point on your gimmick matches. Yeah, the equal opportunity just to have it is fucking stupid. Um, and it it just uh, doesn't make the show build the right way to get the best experience out of it. So. Uh, and then really <laughs> those matches where people taking insane bumps don't mean nothing. Cause all really it comes down to everyone's going to be talking about CM Punk the next day and he didn't do shit. So I walk out. <laughs> yep. Uh, comes out, gets the crowd hyped up and it, it is what everybody's talking about. You're talking, you know, as you mentioned, a lot of people, no one's really talking about the fallout there. Where does this leave judgment day? Uh, you know, the thing that we saw with Drew there, the your babies all standing tall, the return of Randy Orton. We're talking about CM Punk. Yeah, I don't know. I just uh and even the the rib stuff on Twitter of like there's one kid who's like, you know, the classic wrestling. I, I, I like this question yeah. over in the chat. I've seen some people talking about this, and I think I understand why they did it. I want to see Put it out there for you, Ben. Uh, Todd Brantley asking, what does Cody pinning Priest do? Nothing. Uh, Orton should have pinned uh, Madonna Hugh after the RKO period. I see. I, I, that could have been a finish. You could have gone home on that spot there. But I understand, at least I think I understand, why Cody got, got the pinfall there at the end. Uh, yeah, me, well, me, it's because they were. It's a, it's a moment, and you could justify it. It's a moment you're putting over Cody is in his dad's match, the, the match that the Rose created. You're giving him a moment there at the end. Uh, I even think with JD, he's the he is the young pup, the young lion, the young boy, whatever, in that match. He already took that big spot. He just joins the group. Maybe don't put all that heat on him for losing that match. And Priest being the overconfident leader, you got that heat between him and McIntyre, and who eats that damn pin? He, the guy that was supposed to be the captain, took the pin. You're, you're exactly right on all that, and the way they, the way they're laying it out, and they think that the guy who they need to get over and keep on top is Cody, and Orton giving him the rub is just being in the match. Orton's got to get his shit in, but Cody can get the pin, and you don't want Cody to pin the Stooge, so you play into the who's the leader. So Priest gets put over on uh, or does the job for him. So when Cody may be champion, Priest will cash in on him. Card subject to change. You know what I mean? Like little things along the way. Um, Priest taking a, a clean pin, though, is doesn't make him look strong. That's for sure. I think Finn could have taken it. Um, but... Uh, you're not wrong on Orton going home on the RKO on JD. That's perfectly fine. It could have been each guy takes out the other top guys to clear the way to hit that one, and everybody gets their shit in in a waterfall. It was just overbooked for a pay-per-view, and there's 10 ways to skin a cat, but in their mind it is about keeping Cody elevated as the top guy, and they think that pinning another top guy, even though we overbooked it after the RKO, is the way to go. But you like say this to my students, you feel here comes the finish bus. You're going to get on it. What was the finish bus? JD and fucking, uh, and Orton. Hey, nope, cool we're not getting there. on that. We'll, we're going to overbook it. And you, you were at the top of the mountain and then you came back down and you didn't finish as high as you could have. What well, was there anybody 
throughout the show, obviously the punk moment, but from the undercard, the, the war games matches that really elevated themselves in your mind, the, the performance that surprised you? Um, I mean, Gunther is, is on his game, bro. You know what I mean? I like that's, uh, that's really the, the guy who's doing it with bare bones. You know, he don't need all this, put a fucking trash can on my head and dive off bullshit. I like that they went over on Bailey and I should have seen that. I, I'm, I think my pick them challenge picks, I got crushed this, this week. I think I got, didn't do I think shit. That's one of the headlines coming out that isn't getting a lot of talk about, but has me intrigued is Bailey standing there with, with damage control. Yeah. Well, her like that, they've been doing a dissension thing with the uh, sushi bomb angels all being together. Right. And they even teased like Bailey's going to be out of the group. No, I'm just kidding. Just kidding. Now she's taking the pin. Now they'll really be catty against her and they'll push her out that way as well. So that was smart business on that. I just didn't like where the match was. And then somebody was saying that Charlotte said in the scrum that, Hey, I had to do the moonsault off the top. I had to get my shit in like, Hey, I had to take a meaningless bump to show how much I can shine instead of laying out and doing business all the way around. I mean, whatever but she fucking came down and nailed one of them right in the top of the head with a knee like hard so shit happens it's wrestling but uh people pay their money for that i guess she, you she, did, she did mention that in the press conference after uh they were joking you know because they were telling the history you know with cody being able to be in his dad's match but how much that charlotte's dad gave to the importance you know the, the early years of building the reputation of war games and she threw out there oh, i had to get my i had to get my moon salt in I had to get my moon salt in i remember even, you know even watching it was like why are you doing two top of the cage spots here and it's like oh charlotte's got to get her shit in because she's that over and probably people everyone in that match probably went well that's going to take away from the other spot well she's charlotte flair nobody's saying anything she could have us buried like Welcome to pro wrestling, bro. Like, <laughs> you know, like, are you going to say like that's overbooking and that's kind of taking away from the story or yeah, no best idea ever. Please hit me with a fucking big unsafe moonsault that you don't know what's going to happen. Uh, we're going here through for another update here. Still nothing here. Nothing, yeah, that's uh, all right, man. We can cover that tomorrow on Russo brand. I'm sure that'll be a hot talk on the Raw and SmackDown review and even more here with uh, Vince having plenty to say on CM Punk and that level of business. And also Vince kind of being a little schoidenfreude uh, uh, on Tony Khan saying what a, you know, belly blush kind of a scar it is that uh, Punk showed up on at Survivor Series in Chicago when they were just in Chicago last week and didn't draw 25% of what WWE just drew. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how Tony does things going forward, man. Like uh, real quick on the is we're talking about, yeah. you know, going forward here, all this momentum for WWE. One thing I thought was interesting is, you know, coming out of Survivor Series, they don't have another premium live event until the rumble. They got nine weeks of television to fill here. They got star power for it, but you know, can they stay relevant? keep that that hot streak riding into to, to the rumble which i mentioned all this star power i mean it could be one of the best rumbles since the early 90s yeah i don't disagree uh there man uh with a lot of stake and a lot of possible like crossover shoot heat going into it you know so 
Uh, hopefully we play out all these angles of the disgruntled, of the chaos factor of putting CM Punk in there. Hopefully we have shots fired back and forth at AEW, or do you just stay silent and let them kind of bleed out? You know what I mean? Like to me, uh, in wrestling, I say go up and stab them. <laughs> like that, if, if controversy creates cash, you keep hammering on them because that's going to bring out the best in them to fire back and clap back, or they're just going to take it on the chin and fucking go down and hit the mat, you know? So um, there really isn't many tricks left. That's that's what I'm really, if I look at it, it's like, well, if I had that spot, what would I do? And like, well, they did that, they did that, they did that, and you're going to get criticized for this, that, and the other if you try those moves because there's no legends left that can pull you out. What you really have to do is focus on the the beast that you got and, and understand how to build them, but he doesn't understand how to make a Hobbs, how to make a Wardlow, how to really get back to where MJF. I think, I think that's uh, you know, the frustrating me. part. You look at that roster and you say, man, look at what the potential could be. Yeah, here. He, don't, he just don't know, bro. He's uh, that's what fourth, fourth grade or four-year-old versus 40-year-old, you know, this guy's just learning to barely color in the lines in the, in the coloring book where the 40 year olds trying to write their screenplay for Netflix. <laughs> that's the difference in the writing of what we're, what we're dealing with here. So, um, but there are, there are people out there to advise and help, but, um, man, this sure does seem to me with what I heard about the bucks taking time off of like, could Do you think could they're really going to take extended good. time or is that part of a, a, a work inside of itself that no, they're, they're, not, they're ending the, they're ending the, uh, they're burnt, bro. They're burnt out. They're burnt out. It, it that, is. That, that, just, that, they just that, need to break that, that's, 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 that's straight fucking, <laughs> that's, that's hacker pipeline. <laughs> you know, like that's not fucking, I heard of Nick saying, <laughs> you know, like that's it. So, and, and I would be too. You know, like none of the shit gets resolved. You look a certain way. You've all been made to sign NDAs. Fucking ratings are going down. They made an extra show. It's oversaturation. What are we doing with ROH? All the yada, 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 yada. I just want to work my friend on a pay-per-view. Okay. <laughs> like, you know, like that, that's what, it, that's where we're at with the, these guys should be the most controversial dudes in the business ribbing and talking shit to punk this week. They should be in the fucking ring going, we kicked your fucking ass out of here. And you're, you're their problem now, asshole. But no, no, Ben, we're going to get four continental championship tournament. Matches. You'll get Penta versus, <laughs> you know, somebody like fucking uh, as many uh, shooting star presses as you possibly can handle. So, um, that's where they're, they're going to miss. And they, they have the opportunity right now to be part of this controversy. And if WWE, and they should actually clap. If the WWE doesn't clap at them on raw, they should fire a shot across the bow on Wednesday, but I got a feeling neither of them will do it. And I almost feel like Seth's going to come out dancing like an asshole wearing a dress, whatever. I, you know, you got that one opportunity. They got the ball. They need to run with it. But it, it's all going to come down to how they present themselves, the attitude around the show. No pun intended there. Uh, over to chat here. Kill a little bit of time here real quick. You didn't do the Friday locker room, so I don't know if you get to talk with no. anyone about this. But uh, NWA quietly making an appearance there on the CW app. 
Yeah, man. Um, I mean, any any up is a good up. I'm sure they had their uh, sights set on TV before the NXT thing did. But like I said, I feel like that the peanut gallery are going to be like, it's because of the Coke scene that they didn't. Got, I think like as soon as WWF heard that CW was fishing for uh, NWA or that Impact is going to be rebranded TNA, they're like, oh, there's interest out there. Well, we'll come right in and snap that right up, and they'll use any excuse to pawn it off to not go. Now we run it to go with the bigger company, right? So the fact that they still are on the app is a good thing, and I'm sure they're on YouTube. I think uh, some people are saying they're going away from kind of the 1980s studio look, and now it just kind of looks like any other indie show on premiere tv or something like that i don't know uh, i haven't i haven't watched i just know that i got a lot of people there that i think are phenomenal performers from uh you know chris silvio and uh, uh the outrunners and uh obviously my man bulletproof blake troop uh you know, guys i want to fight the fixers and you know shit like that so i don't want to Shoyden for it to be like, ha ha, you didn't get your fucking TV. Maybe in wrestling, everything is really a prove it deal. And maybe being on the app is the prove it deal to get there. So, Hey man, uh, if people love this business, like they claim they do, then you're going to want to facilitate and, and see people be successful. Right. And, uh, and EC3 too, a, a Russo brand member, a Rip Rogers guy, an OVW brother, and, and a guy that is kind of the anti, um, not anti, but the difference of um, what was Funkasaurus's name? Uh, Tyrus, right? So, and and right now EC3's OVW champ too. So he's working his fucking ass off to try and be everything that every company wants and needs him to be. And welcome to your body <laughs> being smashed on all the time, taking on top talent. I even liked what the promo I oh, saw. And he's, to- and he's up promoting running Exodus as well. You know, they're getting ready yeah, for a show yeah. this Friday in Cleveland. There you go. And so the guy's working his ass off. He looks like a million bucks. And he that's a guy who could jump back to TNA if he wanted to on his laurels because he made himself there, right? And But I like what he said this week. I watched shoot promo where – he was kind of when he was shitting on Nick, but he says somebody is bitching about the fact that they, they figured out who the mole or the stooges. I don't know uh, who it is. Um, but, but about the fact that like, Oh, people don't know their business or gets changed the day of like, it's like, who the fuck cares? Like if you're a pro wrestler in this, you show up, you see your name circled and you should be able to put your promo and your match together in no time or or five to ten minutes if you get to work together. But if you're really a pro, you should be able to call it in the ring and have enough weapons in your arsenal, uh, brushes uh, to paint with, that you can cut a promo on anybody and get your business over. And he's absolutely right, 100% in that. But there's people in this biz who've gotten – shots and jobs because of indie hype and then you give them a mic to even promote the show in the upcoming town and they look like a deer in headlights bro and that's just the difference of being ovw rip rogers trained of every practice you're going to get up there here's your word you got 30 seconds you got a minute you got to do a tag team promo you got to do a survivor series promo you got to do uh your catchphrase and and build a town and you got to do it in the time 
of 60 seconds before it ends and really no make it believable to sell tickets. He can do all that. So I want to see him succeed. And I like the fact that he calls out talents that are lazy and bitching because those people that have a problem with that, that, oh, I was supposed to do this and I didn't know. That means to me you're not at home in front of your mirror practicing your fucking character faces and and doing things how Jim Carrey did to become a great actor, how Vincent D'Onofrio did for uh, fucking Men in Black. Vincent D'Onofrio tied himself to a fucking chair for 10 hours to, like, feel the pain of in his body so then he would get up and walk like the alien to be like inside of somebody else. Like that's dedication to character. And if you don't understand or really want to do that, then you're just playing wrestler and this, you don't really give a shit about this business. Like you claim to, or you're not good enough really yet to be in it, to work at the highest levels. If you're right. fucking crying the blues about that kind of shit. So you know the battle cry across the indies it drives me absolutely crazy know your worth really what is your worth yeah what are what are you worth to a company to a promoter to a town whatever the they're case saying like. they're saying matt cardona too and i think he's another guy who's just like that bro i mean both those dudes are body dudes but uh, not to say i shouldn't be in better shape but fucking they do what they do i do what i do and they fucking we command the the not that we command we we end up stealing the show based on being able to work with anybody whether it's high level heat high level comedy low level comedy you know doing kidnappings doing uh championship matches that mean something for heavyweights like you got to be able to be a chameleon and be able to switch colors depending on what the situation calls for, because somebody's car might break down on the way to the fucking show and your match is scrapped and you're thrown into something else, some shitty six. And now you got to do walk a walk a dance and still get it over and, and make yourself the third wheel. You might've gone from the top spot to that, you know, but if you're crying the fucking blues about it, that's the wrong hill to die on in this business. <laughs> Uh, a lot of, of a lot of times those instant in the moment things can get you over more because now you're out of your head you're just living it and it's coming right through you and you're not tied to a bunch of extra bullshit that you've been thinking about for three to four weeks and when it goes awry then you're like fuck we don't have it anymore like if it's just coming through you and you're in the moment and calling it right there those are usually the best performances <laughs> like seth's at the end of this punk I thing i was gonna say you know you, as you said earlier his finest work uh, when it had to be that raw emotion, and he had to. But we got to start there. We got to start there because that's high level. You know, you uh, can't on, you, you can't turn that down. On the NWA, uh, we're talking about there. You can get their product on the, the CW app. You can also get it on YouTube. How about tomorrow, six oh five Eastern, YouTube.com/slash at NWA for the NWA World Television Championship. My boy, the challenger. Carson Drake making his NWA debut tomorrow night. That's awesome. I saw he's got a full schedule this week. Uh, congratulations to that young man really hitting his stride, put in three, four years of grind here to learn his craft and get it. And that's exactly what we're talking about with the Jade Cargill stuff. Uh, you know, she looks phenomenal, but is kind of underprepared for not getting the reps in and, and not her fault, I guess, maybe not taking bookings and her body probably thanks her for it. But Carson Drake out there busting his ass and becoming a name, he's going to make himself undeniable. 
you know, like, and that's just what, uh, being out there working five days a week, six days a week is going to do for you. So that's awesome. That's awesome stuff all the way around, man. I'm going to be, uh, crossfire wrestling at the, uh, Rob rage Memorial show in the merit Meriton uh, center in St. Catharines, Ontario, December 2nd. So tonight I'm doing a radio spot with, uh, some infidel Canadian sap sucking morons up there to talk about that show. So back on the road next weekend, man, uh, ready to, to beat somebody's face. And I got UWE on Tuesday and Thursday working at the cannabis shop, uh, just doing a bunch of carpentry today, Wednesday and Friday. And, uh, and then on the road Saturday back Sunday, man. So it was a crazy weekend. I went to Buffalo on Friday night to go see, uh, lowest of the low, uh, Ron Hawkins hooked us up with the VIP list. So referee Cyburns and I did that. And then on like three hours sleep, I was building <laughs> a third story roof on a camp all weekend long. So getting ready for the apocalypse. So I'm, I'm definitely feeling it, but there's no, the, the, you know, we're pedal to the metal nonstop over here at HMG. So I uh, appreciate you guys hanging with us at channelattitude.com and the whole HMG staff. Like I said, like RBV said, I really wasn't in the chat or that interactive just because I'm every from the moment I wake up to the moment I go to sleep, I'm nonstop working, man. So yeah, I'll, uh, hopefully uh, I don't overdo it and you guys can uh, take a little rest for me. But uh, yeah, a lot, man. What do you got going on this week? Anything? Uh, well, I, uh... We were talking about the difference between sheet writers and us talking heads, us pundits trying to get back to yeah. the business. Got a little project uh, that I'm working on coming up. It's going to be the 12 days of Xmas Pro Wrestling Profiles. Uh, it's going to be 12 days, 12 interviews are going to happen between December 25th and January 5th. A new interview right. dropping every day. Uh, I'm just going to sit down for about 30 minutes, talk with uh, an independent personality. It could be uh, an in-ring talent. Someone's doing commentary, it's taking pictures, it's merch, any lines of the business there to get their names out there. One of yours, uh, I already got him, man. I'm excited to talk to him, man. Uh, good yeah, brother, brother Jonas. Jonas. Brother Jonas is doing great things, man. Uh, really been a, a, a student of the biz for a while and uh, is one of my absolute leaders at UWE. So he's kicking ass, man, and uh, really look forward to seeing him. Every time go go after his dreams. Every uh, every show we have, uh, he's he's getting over with the crowd more and more, and it's it's about putting in that same road mile, same as Carson, bro, and brother Jonas doing that right now. Uh, Stompers are too, and uh, I've got a couple other uh, project Z Wu, uh, my my new assassin uh, is going to be some exciting stuff there, and and also Cora okay, Valentine, China, China in the fold. Who's going to be the Russian to join? Yeah, man. Uh, Cora Valentine, another uh, breakout star coming soon from UWE. So I'm excited about all their careers. They're all working hard. And uh, and that's, that's what it takes, man, is a sick dedication in this business <laughs> to uh, phony ass fighting that uh, will, can reap you, uh, you know, millions upon millions of dollars in world fame, as we saw this weekend. So. Uh, but y'all are infidels. I got to jump off to do uh, another training uh, for cannabis biz and uh, we'll see what happens with Sonny. We'll talk about that. I'm sure on the wrong smack do down review and master shoot theater tomorrow on Russo brand side. But for R to the B to the V for Seth Rollins and CM Punk infidels, it's Hacker Hameen, the Monday locker room. Y'all If you're not Caucasian, uh, then ding dong. Hello? Ha, ha, ha.